What's happening, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode of Crossed Up. I'm Bob Wankel, alongside Anthony Sanfilippo. Philly's coming off of a series against the San Francisco Giants. They take two out of three. And Anthony, we're going to do a little bit of a condensed show today. And it's not because we're in the dog days of August and just trying to get to October. Like this team is just trying to get to October. But some uh, different commitments and stuff this morning here. So let me get right to it. Um, what did you learn about the Phillies this week? What did you learn about the Philadelphia Phillies in this three-game series with the Giants? Did we learn anything new or is it kind of more just the same and, you know, they're going to make the playoffs and I'll talk to you in six weeks when this really matters? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't know if I learned anything new about the team. I think there were some, some things that were uh, reaffirmed about this team. Um, and the things that are reaffirmed about this team, you know, are things like Bryce Harper is frigging clutch. He's just going to be that guy when that red light goes on and the games matter most that is going to play at a level that is above and beyond what most players in, in the sport do. Like, so that's, that's one thing reaffirmed. It wasn't just a one season thing with him last year. Like you see it when the games matter, he's there. Um, that was reaffirmed. Uh, I, I think there is some reaffirmation also from the group as a collective that they're never going to they're never going to stop. They're just never going. They believe as no matter how flawed they are, no matter what the situation is, they're going to keep coming. And let's be honest, Bob, this is twelve straight games that the Phillies have trailed in the game at some point. They've only been six and six in the last 12, but at some point they trailed in all 12. The fact is they won six of them. So if they could just get a couple of their things in order, namely pitching early in the game, which is one of the things that I think has, has been a little bit of a bugaboo of late, um, then they're probably going to be even better off than we think. But that's something that has to come around because you can't constantly come from behind. So that's another thing I think that we kind of really identified about this team in this series. So it's it's much the way that I've I've felt about this team for for most of the season which it's like one day I'm like wow. You know, there was a time when they came back on on I guess what Tuesday night where I said they might really pull away and have a six or seven game lead by the middle of next week. Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, and now I wake up this morning, I'm like, they have a two game lead on the Cubs right now. You know, they're not where I, I keep expecting them to kind of make that leap forward where they really create the distance. And it's again, like I've, I've said this and I sound like a broken record. It's not that they're playing poor baseball. It's not that they're playing bad baseball. Like they beat the giants two out of three, the wild card contender. Like that's what you have to do. They did what they had to do, but it is interesting to me because you get this this great win on Tuesday night, and then you have an opportunity to sweep the series on Wednesday. You get the Bryce Harper heroics in the ninth inning that you mentioned. And then you say, hey, Craig Kimbrell, here's the ball, and he gives you nothing. And, again, like and I want to talk about him specifically in some detail here, but it kind of just illustrates the greater point, which is like this team, is. it just seems like it's so close to breaking it open, and they just can't do it. They have not, if I'm not mistaken, swept a series, which, again, sweeping a series is, is hard to do, but they have not swept a series, I don't believe, since they played the Cubs. Am I am I right about that? Ian Oakland? Was Oakland after that? I, I don't know if Oakland – I think Oakland kind of, like, kicked off their, their like, 
little run, so I'm to gonna, speak. So, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to look back here. But I, I go can, ahead, keep, keep going. Point being, I mean, they've had some opportunities to sort of drop the hammer. Uh, and as I said before, put your foot on the throat. And it, they keep letting teams back up. And let me give you this. And, and I said this in like a trolling way privately the other day. But I, I think there is something to be said for this. We can sit here and talk about how nauseating it was to watch Gabe Kapler manage a series the way that he did, and it is a bad watch, and it is infuriating. And I called I called the box score with 10 different pitchers in the game art the other night, and, you know, you kind of rolled your eyes at it. But, like, that team stinks. Like, they have a nice bullpen. Yeah. It's a pretty good bullpen, but that, that team is not – that is not a very good Giants team. And to some degree, like, I'm impressed – that they're even in the conversation right now. And I look at the way that Kapler managed, it was ridiculous. And I think that his players probably hate him. <laughs> I think his pitchers probably hate him, but like they were in position to win two out of three this week. Like if, if the closer does his job, they're not even playing extra innings on Wednesday and the game's over. That comeback doesn't happen on Tuesday. So like I credit the Phillies resilience and ability to always come back and never be dead. Like that's all true and awesome, but like they could have lost two out of three this week. Yeah, no, they could have. And by the way, the last sweep was uh, Tampa. Oh, July. Tampa. Okay, yeah. That was the last sweep. Of July. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you're talking about the players <laughs> might might hate Gabe. How, how about Jock Peterson and Michael Conforto? You're batting four and five in a lineup and getting pinch hit for by um, uh, what's what's his oh, what the hell is that kid's name? It used to be with the with the Orioles outfielder Luis Matos and. Um and uh, Austin Slater who can't couldn't get a hit until he got that double the other night, um, and in the sixth inning, like you're getting pinch hit for in the sixth inning, and you're the cleanup hitter and the five hitter in the lineup. What are you thinking about that? Right. Well, my <laughs> definitive take on on Gabe Kapler now watching from a distance is that if these guys were just matchup robots, and you only had to worry about numbers, percentages, likelihoods, likely outcomes. I don't think you can argue with what he does. Like he plays play stratomatic baseball. That's what he, he does. does. <laughs> I mean, he has mixed his, and matched his way to keeping them within arm's reach of this thing. And I think he gets the most out of matchups, but at some point, and you know, this, like it is about the human element. How much have yeah. we talked about these players wanting to win for Rob, wanting to run through a wall for Rob Thompson and how real that is. Like, this is not some spun up media narrative. We know the way that the players in that clubhouse and the people throughout the organization feel about Rob Thompson. Like there is a, a real appreciation for what he does in terms of caring about the person and, and creating and cultivating that interaction and that connection. Gabe Kapler, like, I'm not telling you that Gabe's a bad guy. Like, I my interactions with him, they were always very positive. You know that I think he's a smart guy. But as a player, if I'm if I'm on that team and I am batting cleanup and I'm Jock Peterson in the middle of a real hot streak and I'm getting pinch hit for in the middle of a game, or if I'm a guy that feels like, hey, I'm on a roll right now on the mound. Like, I just got three outs and nine pitches, and now, wait, here he comes again. Like, I – at some point that would probably annoy me to the point where I say like, I can't buy in on this, this philosophy and I can't buy in on this manager. And I do wonder if that takes a toll on these players, it would seem like it. It's yeah, I think it does. And I don't want to turn into a Gabe show. I mean, you did, but you did hear Alex Cobb's comments. What last week when he said he doesn't know what, what the team's, you know, what they're thinking out there, but he's, he's just out there throwing and he's doing it for the guys and the guys only. 
he wouldn't do it for anybody else. So I think that that's kind of like just indicative of what you're saying. But no, the reality is you're right. I mean, you know, the, the Phillies were were close to. I mean, they were Camilo Duvall shaking off every pitch and throwing sl sliders only. Uh, if he would throw, if he would throw some fastballs, maybe they don't win that middle game, right? And then they lose two out of three in that series because that's right. really what it came down to. Duvall, it was just kind of a curious. Um, ninth inning appearance by him uh in the middle game where you know if you're gonna throw and this was somebody said this you know down there um a, a coach said this if you're gonna throw the same pitch 11 straight times to the phillies hitters they're gonna hit it because <laughs> they're that kind of team and that's what happened right i mean they just came came back and, and beat them um, and then he looked terrible again um, in the in the finale, and then allows the game tying homer by Harper. Granted, you know, and then we can, we'll get back to Kimbrel now. That's where that's where he blows it. But yeah, the Phillies the Phillies were you know, if Doval was Doval and not whatever the hell he was in those two games, the Philly we're having a, diff, a different conversation about the Phillies today. So let's talk a little bit about Craig Kimbrel because I think if you recall on Monday. One of my concerns about the Phillies in general right now is that I don't feel like that they're doing anything at an elite level. And what I mean by that is I just don't think that any single unit of this, this team is clicking on all cylinders right now. And I have been encouraged by the overall direction offensively. Like how often have I bitched about the lineup on the show, bitched about the offense? Like we've seen the bear down and do it in big spots component. And we've also seen them just – in general, up and down the lineup, take steps forward. Guys who had been struggling are starting to put together more consistent at-bats. And the whole overall product looks a lot better. And I believe that they actually wake up this morning tied for 10th in all of baseball and runs per game. So like, there's a path to them finishing as a top 10 offense in terms of run production. So overall, I feel better about that. That being said, I, I don't feel nearly as good about the bullpen as I did two or three months ago. And I don't feel as good about the rotation as I have at different points. And I guess let's get right to the bullpen. Craig Kimbrell has not been bad for this team lately. It's not like, you know, he put together a stretch where he was out of his mind and we're like, wow, he's found the fountain of youth. And he's come back to earth a little bit this month, but he hasn't been terrible. I mean, here you go. He's, he's appeared in eight games in August. And in eight innings, he's allowed seven hits, four earned runs, two walks, eight strikeouts. It's a 4-5 ERA. Opponents hitting 250 against him. It's, it's not like he's been a mess, but he hasn't been lights out. He hasn't been a sure thing. And, you know, prior to his appearance on Wednesday, his, his previous four games – teams were scoreless against them. So it, like, it, it's not like, I, I don't want to come on here and say like, do we have a huge problem with Craig Kimbrell? But like, if I'm being honest, do I feel great about him taking the ball in a one run game right now? Like, no, I don't think it's like a sure thing. Um, what are you seeing from him? And and where do you sort of, how do you assess what, what to expect moving forward? Yeah. I, he's just, it's, it's one of those fine line things, Bob, we've had this, this discussion about pitchers before and, and, you know, sometimes, Especially if you're not a, a you know a power pitcher, you know when you cross that fine line, you get crushed. Um, Kimbrel being a power pitcher 
doesn't get crushed because he still throws 97, but he's just off. He's just a little, he's not as sharp as he had been uh, earlier. I don't think this is one of those things where it's like, oh, it's getting late in the season and, you know, he's wearing out, you know, Philly's got to be careful. That's what's happening here. I don't think it's that. I think the Phillies have been really judicious about his usage, been smart about it. He doesn't throw more than an inning. He doesn't often go back-to-back, and if he does go back-to-back, they usually give him two days off. He doesn't usually throw three and four. I think he's done it a couple times, but for the most part, um, he doesn't. So I I don't think that it's an issue of overuse with him. I just think that right now it's probably something where he's just a hair off mechanically and it allows the pitches to be in spots that they probably shouldn't be. I mean, look, when he blows up um, the inning against uh, the Giants, it was because he couldn't find the strike zone, right? I mean, he walks a guy and then he hits 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 a right? I mean, so so that loads the bases because you already had the ghost runner on, uh, you know, and they gave up a couple runs there. I mean, that's, that's what ends up happening is that that's you know you can't walk a guy and hit a guy so it's not like he was all of a sudden he was getting hit i'd say the one pitch that kind of that was a strike that didn't get put where he wanted to put it was the two strike pitch to the young that get, becomes a single up the middle and you know scores a run there right so um but that's it i mean other than that i you know it, and then i thought he was okay look yes he gets bailed out a little bit in that inning by the great play by rojas that doubles mm-hmm. up the guy at first base Probably, you know, would could have allowed even more runs if Rojas doesn't make that play. But look, I, I don't. I, I'm not ready to sit here and say, "Oh man, he's he's starting to show that he's going to be toast in October." I don't think it's that at all. No, I, I don't think it's that at all either. I, I just, I think what it, what happens here is that when I I look at the way that this week played out, like every loss with them has has felt kind of annoying lately to me. Like when they lose it feels like a lot of their losses lately are losses that you would say like, that's a bad loss or man, like really brutal loss. Like you go back to the first game in Toronto, like there there's just been a lot of these games where you're like, come on, man. Like if you just do this one thing, you're going to win the game. Now on Wednesday, I didn't feel that way. I, I felt like it was a missed opportunity, but I didn't feel like that was a bad loss. Like they got outplayed yeah. in that game and Bryce Harper has his moment and now Boom hits a ball to the right center field gap that looks like a it's going to win the team. You know, Bryson Stott hits the sinking liner out the left. Like, the Giants made plays. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in extra innings, I don't mind the rules, but it's it's essentially a crapshoot at that, at that point. Yeah. Like, you, you don't know what's going to happen. So I didn't walk away from Wednesday's game going like, oh, man, like, what a what an awful, miserable, terrible loss. Like, I thought there were some good things in that game, but I thought they got outplayed and deserved to lose the game as well. So I'll, I'll tell you, I had one concern from that game that, yeah. that, that really stuck out to me. They gave up their pitching, gave up at least one hit in every inning. They didn't have one shutdown in pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Constant. And the Giants aren't a good offensive team. So that's so like that's where I that's why I, I go. Hmm. Like, why? Why are you letting this team get 14 hits off of you? Yeah. It, it kind of felt to me like all week, like there was location was a little bit of a problem. You know, like I just felt like that they, the, the pitchers just have not been sharp. I mean, yeah. Nola, Nola did a good job on Monday night. You know, I feel like it's so long ago now that, you know, <laughs> we can never have a show after something good happens with Aaron Nola. I know that, right. but I, right. I credit him, especially the way the game started. You're like, what the hell is this? It looked like, 
he was going to repeat the Wheeler start on Sunday night against yeah. Washington. And to his credit, he, he bears down and, and he was good. But if outside of him, it just kind of felt like the entire week from a pitching perspective was a little bit of a struggle. You know, Walker, we, I talked to Walker after the game and, and while he got, he get, again, had a rough start, he did stabilize and was better later in the game. Um, the one thing he said was, is that it felt different than the last time out. Um, he felt physically better. And so maybe, maybe you sit there and go, okay, it was a little bit of rust. He hadn't pitched in 10 days, right? Maybe we could chalk this one up to, to that, the slower start in the first inning to that, even though he is a slow starter. But you can maybe give him the benefit of the doubt on that one because he came back well. And the same thing with Lorenzen. Lorenzen said, hey, look, the first the game against Washington, he felt like he had nothing. In this game, he felt better, even though he got hit a little bit. He said he felt better physically. So if, in comparing the two games. It's, so, it's funny you say that because my yeah. – my thing where I was going to go with this, because I was going to talk about Lorenzen and like, Hey, this was not a great start. A um, yeah. little bit of a concern. I'm kind of willing to, as, as these guys said, like I'm willing to kind of go, okay, like unique circumstance, even with Lorenzen, like, okay, I felt better, but you're still, the schedule is still inconsistent. Yeah. It's the next start for me where I'm going to start saying, okay, like I'm now, you're back on the clock in terms of how I view what this might look like in the postseason. Like Tywan Walker, let's see what you do one start removed from the extended break. With Lorenzen, given the volume, given the excessive downtime, now you get back into that second start, the third one out. Like that's the one I want to see. Like show yeah. me that, okay, weird Weird run here with the Phillies. You're on a new team. You pitch well. You throw a no-hitter. You're off for 10 days. You get blown up. You're not great your next start. But now that that third start removed, like, you got to get back to being what you need to be. Yeah. And that's, I guess that's what I'm looking at. And then you turn the page and you look at this weekend and you see that the Cubs, they won last night in extra innings. They had steel on the mound. That's a game that the Cubs have to win. But you still have three more in Pittsburgh if you're the Cubs. And the Phillies, it's it's so weird. I'm usually the guy when I when I look at the Phillies or when I look at sports in general in this city, I always have anxiety about like if they don't get this done, like they're the, the worst possible outcome is is going to occur. And I've had this like weird calm with this team all year where I just feel like it, it's gonna happen, they're gonna figure it out, it's gonna be okay, they're gonna win the top wild card spot. But you come into this weekend now and you're playing a really bad Cardinals team, but a really bad Cardinals team that can swing the bat a little bit. Like they do have a top 10 offense and runs per game. They do have two big time pieces in the heart of that order. They can't pitch and they haven't pitched all year. I think they have the seventh highest ERA in all of baseball. They've sold off parts. They're playing out the string. You got to take advantage of this. Like we talked about it on Monday. They have not, taken advantage of this schedule to the degree that they probably should have. I believe in their last 25 games now, they're 14 and 11. It's not that they're playing poor baseball, but it's they, they haven't had that, that great seize the opportunity block of games. And it's been a lot of like win one, lose one, win one, lose one. This weekend, again, I can't call for a sweep, but you should sweep the Cardinals. 
You're at home. You know you have this opportunity. You know you only have a two-game lead in the top spot for the wild card. This team has packed it in. Show me it. Come on. Like, I asked for this on Monday. I said, get two out of three against the Giants. But, like, can you just sweep the Cardinals, please? And and and, and create that distance. Like, give me a four-game lead. Give me yeah. a four-game lead, Anthony. How freaking hard is it? They have, like, this magnetic pool where they, they can only be a weekend or one bad series away from being out of that top wild card spot. I'll, I'll tell you, this is the one game tonight that I worry about in this series. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I do too, actually. And not because Michaelis has been good, because he hasn't. He's been just mediocre this year. Um, and, and, you know, and not because I don't trust Christopher Sanchez, who's been better than expected this year, right? It's just that it just seems like one of those matchups that can, can catch you. It happened a little bit against the Royals, right? The first start of that series, first game of that series, just well, this is the revenge there. spot for the Cardinals, too. You know, yeah, exactly. They exactly. owe the Phillies one, so they, they do. Um, so yeah, like this is the one game. Like I look at tomorrow and say Wheeler should Wheeler should handle these guys, especially the way he's been pitching. First inning against Washington aside, um, he he's he should handle them tomorrow. Even though Dakota Hudson's been okay for them as well, and then Sunday you got Nola against that guy Rom, who just he's not very good. Um, and, and that's a that's a that's a game that you should your lineup should hit. So like I look at it, it's like they should take the last two of these games. They got the better pitching matchup in both of those last two games, and they should win them easily. This is the one where you go, and eh, maybe not if they win tonight. I think that we could talk about a sweep, but I think that tonight is the one where, and what are the, I don't know. You're the betting guy. Yeah, minus, the odds on this? minus 148 on uh, DraftKings yeah, when I looked this morning. I mean, it's like not, uh, that's not, not what not it should a, be. <laughs> yeah. That's not a, a, a massive line. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, you know, they were only minus one thirty favorite on uh, on Tuesday night with Walker on the mound, and you saw that they that, that was probably justified. They should have lost that game. Yeah, and so they came back on on Wednesday. I think they were somewhere in the same neighborhood with Lorenzen on the mound. I said this oddsmakers are not feeling this matchup. Like, yeah. and I kind of actually think that that's what you're looking at too, because the the general better is going to look at a game like tonight or general baseball fan. It doesn't have to be about betting and you go, okay, Phillies are pretty good. They're at home. Cardinals stink. Their season's over. Like, why isn't there a more extreme line priced on this game? And maybe it has a little bit to do with Christopher Sanchez. I don't know that the, uh, the professional betters are all in on him at this point or, you know, tr- totally buying that. But I, I just think it's it's unrealistic to ask teams to sweep, but I do think at some point, you know, you got to start stacking these wins. And we've been talking about this now for, for weeks because in some ways, as the schedule moves along, certainly there are different variables. There's there's ebbs and flows. Like We could talk about concerns with JT Realmuto right now. We could talk about how Bryce Harper has found his power stroke. We can – there's all these things are, are kind of going up and down as individual pieces, but the overall picture remains the same for me, and it's like, come on. Like, this team shouldn't be 11 games over 500 right now. Like, let's get it to 15. Like, let's get that next hurdle cleared. And and I'm waiting for them to do that. And they have yet another opportunity to do it. And they're going to have an extended opportunity to do it with an Angels team coming in behind St. Louis that now will not have Shohei Otani on the mound. It's, it looks like he will hit. 
Uh, at least that's the short-term plan. We'll see if anything else changes in the next few days. But that team is done. They are absolutely baked. They have been mm-hmm. wretched since the All-Star break. Their season's over. Mike Trout's back on the injured list. I mean, they are getting a team that is just dead in the water next week. And so when I, I stretch this out, like, four and two is a must. Five and one really ought to be the expectation here. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think that I think that you're more likely. We're talking about these sweeps. I think the sweep is more likely with the with the Angels than I think it is with the Cardinals. No concerns about Mickey Moniak revenge tour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bob, you know you just love you just love needling. You love needling that that guy. I, I'm subtle. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, you know, he's, you know, he's good for, you know, he's good for one home run. Next I don't know. I I don't know if he is because I think I I got him one for, for 14 with 11 (laughs) strikeouts, but a home run and everyone's going to go, damn, shouldn't have traded him. I think he's going to get booed. Why not? Mick? I think he's going to get booed lustily. Do you I really? really? You think I he's, do. He's boot? I don't think that there's enough like hostility for him. I like, think that the Phillies are going to. I think the, the player. I think that that's it. I think it was you were the first round pick, first overall pick in the draft for us, and you were supposed to be this star player for oh, us. I don't know, man. Booing Moniak would be a weak look. Like we should be beyond. Should we, we give should him be a, him a standing ovation? Man. Maybe we should give him a standing yeah. ovation. No, it should be utter indifference because he's an inconsequential piece. Like that's that's what it ought to be. But yeah, I mean, like you look at it, and I, I guess that's what I'm waiting for. Like every night, I am I'm scoreboard watching. I, I'm watching the Arizona Diamondbacks, who looked like they were dead last week, start to rip off a ton of wins here. They survived Cincinnati in a really important series in the opener last night. Like there's. There's a lot going on here on a nightly basis. And my fear is with this team, as the schedule does get a little bit more difficult for a stretch in September, is that you mess around, you mess around, you mess around, and we can talk about them holding the top wild card spot and everything's fine and the experience and these guys know when the lights go on, they'll be okay. But like you can, as I've said in the past, like if you continue to kind of just tread water, Eventually, one of these teams does have the capability, though I don't trust any of them. One of these teams could go on a on a weird stretch and end up passing you. And, and then all of a sudden, you're getting on a plane for that first series in the playoffs. And I don't like that prospect quite as much. Well, of which course is, not. Which I wanted to end with this yeah. today. Uh, we talked about the, the postseason and potential matchups. And I guess I guess we're ahead of ourselves here. I guess I'm getting ahead of myself, but I, I want to just think about this at the moment. We haven't really talked about this for a while now. So if you look at the wild card standings, I'm not going to ask you which teams do you think are in, but I'm going to ask you, of, of this grouping, which team would you most want to see or which two teams would you most want to see? Um, and I'll do it by, like, I think we can look at this a couple different ways. Like, who would you like to see come into Citizens Bank Park? And then is there a team where you'd say, like, I would love to play them in Philly, but I, I wouldn't want to play them at their spot? Like, does any of this really matter to you when you look at it by matchup? Yeah, I mean, so I don't think that there's a team, and I look at it differently. I, I think that the Phillies are the kind of team that doesn't matter where they play. I think that they're going to play the same no matter where the building is. Is there is there an inherent advantage that's brought to playing at Citizens Bank Park 
just because you have a 10th player in that fan base, the, you know, that crowd and, and how they unnerve another team. Yes, absolutely. 100%. It is an, it is an advantage uh, for the Phillies to play at Citizens Bank Park. So yes, you prefer that. But I don't look at it and go, oh, man, they're not going to win now because they're going on the road. Can I, 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 I let me just that. interrupt you real quick. It's it's interesting that you say that, too. Of all the teams that could be potential wildcard teams, the Marlins are the only one that have an extreme home road split in terms of their win-loss record. Like Cincinnati's three games under at home. They're eight games over on the road. That's bizarre to me. Miami's 10 over at home, eight under on the road. That's the one team that benefits by being at home. San Francisco, same thing to a degree, seven over at home, two under away. Arizona's better on the road than they are at home. The Cubs are five over at home, only two, or, and they're two over at, uh, on the road. Like, there's no team that it's, there's no Rockies here where you're like, oh, they're, they're unbelievable at home, but they're they're brutal on the road. Like it doesn't seem like these matchups are really going to matter, at least by regular season numbers. Yeah, no, I mean, but to ask to ask that question, I mean, I, we had this discussion in our Slack chat the other night, and um, I initially said I wanted Arizona as the first team that I would like to play. Cincinnati as a close second, and I and you made an argument to flip that, and I I, I could go with your argument. Um, my, my thought on Arizona was the bullpen there is just terrible. And I think bullpens matter more than, more than starters for the most part. Yes. They have Zach Gallen, who's probably going to be the Cy Young this year in the national league, maybe possibly. Um, uh, and Merrill Kelly's okay. Um, but I do think that that's, a, you know, when you get past their starters, there's nothing there. And so like, I look at it and say late game, close game. I want to be facing those pitchers with my lineup. So that's why I said Arizona, but I can certainly Cincinnati. I can certainly get on board with that being the other team. Although, like you said, they are a pretty good team on the road, but I don't necessarily know if they've ever experienced anything like yeah, Cincinnati. What, what like just like there's a, like a ton of swag and energy and like they're a really fun team, but like, there's just no experience there. Like yeah. They have no experience. And their pitching to me is there is nobody that they could trot out at citizens bank park. And yeah. I'd say, uh Oh, you know, like this is going to be, this is going to be a problem today. Like I just like, I like that matchup a lot. So if, if I had to pin you down, I say like, this is the team I want. Is it, is it the reds right now? For you, I, I would probably say, yeah, I, I, you, you convinced me on that. But Arizona, I'm still, Arizona is still right there for me. Yeah, as, I, as, I, I kind of thought they were buried a week ago, but they are, they are right here. And I think that that kind of speaks to why I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit anxious with the Phillies, just because you sort of can, I think, get like a false sense of security about where they're at. You're like, all right, well, they're holding this lead, they're holding this lead, but you just see it, like. You know, there's there's a team that wins five in a row. Here comes a team that loses two out of eight. And like, if the Phillies have one of those stretches where they go, you know, three and seven over the next ten games, maybe not these ten games, but at some point in September, you might end up costing yourself the home field in that first series. So that's that's where my pause comes in. Real quick to finish the thought, who's the team that you absolutely just do not want to see? Is there is there a team here okay. that you're like keep them away from the Phillies? Are we talking? Are we counting Milwaukee? 
I this? think you can, yeah, because I mean Chicago's with within striking distance of the Brewers at this point. So yeah. Then then the Brewers are the team just because of their pitching. And 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 that and good pitching wins to me in the playoffs. And if if you have an opportunity to in a three game series, and that's you're gonna face Burns and um uh, Wood uh Woodruff, um and, and then that bullpen. Hmm. That that scares you a little bit in a three yeah. game series. Longer that's series, true. longer series, maybe not so much, but in a three game series, that's the one that scares me. And secondarily, behind them, the Marlins. Again, pitching. Same yeah, same thing. Down to pitching, keep me out of Miami in the playoffs. That would be a mess. I would yeah. probably actually bet against the Phillies in a three game yeah. series in Miami. And and I actually would say this too. Like I uh, like the Brewers. At Citizens Bank Park, no thank you. Like, I, you know, I know Red October, the fans, like, they're they're going to help will the Phillies to a World Series run, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I, I just want no part of the Brewers. So, it, like, to the point where I think I'd rather go out on the road and play any of these other teams than play the Brewers at home. How about that for, yeah. for a take? So, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. And – you know, I, I, I guess we'll see, but I mean, certainly the Phillies have an opportunity here. I know we got to wrap this up, um, but we'll see this weekend. I just, it's the one thing that's sort of been missing here the entire second half post all-star break this just take care of business and, and don't leave a yeah, but at the end of it, Bob, if we're there Monday talking about a sweep, we're going to be in the Phillies are going to be in really good shape. Yeah. And they, they have the city. Like, that's yep. one thing we did not talk about. They have the city fully in their grasp right now. Like, yep. you can just win them, sweep them off their feet this weekend. Yes, you can. Yes, uh, you can. I guess you got to jump. Uh, I, I do, but I do have one thing I just want to yeah. pop up on the screen real quick. Um, and I, I, this, this can sub for one last thing. Sure. Um, but uh, so Saturday, uh, I'm going to be involved with a major fundraiser uh, for that theater that I'm involved in. Uh, it's Players Club of Swarthmore, um, PCS Theater. And we're having a big fundraiser on Saturday night. And there's a lot, we have a lot of sports items that uh, we're auctioning off, both silent auction and live auction. And I'm going to pop this up on the thing. Um, we're going to have Phillies tickets, uh, which you can do as a silent auction online. Um, and there's also uh, for the live auction, and you have to be there in person or have a proxy to bid for you. If you know someone who can go, um, you can get the ticket uh, at the link there on the bottom of the screen uh, that's scrolling across there's going to be a Bryce Harper autographed baseball uh, as part of that live. There's a lot of stuff from the Eagles. The uh, the Flyers gave us a, bunch, a ton of stuff from the Flyers. Um, uh, Glenn Mack now got lunch with uh, Phil Martelli and awesome. Fran Dunphy, uh, which is pretty cool. There's like Merrill Reese leaving, a, you know, doing your voicemail message. We got a bunch of things uh, going on there. A lot of sports. There's a lot of, you know, uh, theater stuff as well. Some art stuff. There's a lot of stuff there. Uh, GiveButter.com backslash C backslash PCS kickoff backslash auction. You can buy tickets for only 40 bucks uh, to come and be part of the live auction, but also uh, you can get a bunch of things there on the, uh, uh, on the silent auction and bid on your phone uh, or on your computer from home. So if, yeah, if, and you if you're an interested in that, and you uh, don't have the uh, URL there, you know, shoot, shoot Anthony a message on Twitter, shoot me a message on Twitter. Yeah. Happy to pass that along to you as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I forgot that I'm, I have it scrolling on the YouTube, but not necessarily. Yeah for the yeah. podcast feed yeah that's saturday night by the way all right great stuff all right well thank you for tuning into the latest episode of crossed up you can follow anthony at and sam philly you can follow me at bob underscore wankel you follow the show account on twitter as well at up phillies check us out on youtube anywhere that you get your podcast and we will talk to you on monday morning